Welcome to the 25th episode of Heavier Than I Look, a podcast dedicated to healing, recovery, and storytelling. This is the final episode of season two, and once again, my name is Kira Russo. I am your host. If you feel that listening may aggravate your suffering or complicate your recovery, please take this notice as a trigger warning. Discuss with your support system as necessary, and as always, take what you need and leave what you don't. To all of the eating disorder allies out there, whether you or someone you love has struggled with an eating disorder, or you are just a supporter of eating disorder awareness and prevention, know that you are welcomed in the recovery community and that we are grateful for your kinship. Communicating to someone with an eating disorder can be a tricky thing, as you often don't know whether you are talking to the individual or to the eating disorder brain. Oftentimes, the line between the two is blurry, And as an ally, you want to make sure you're not using triggering or harmful language while also aiming to support them through their pain and healing. Educating yourself is perhaps most important in allyship. Know the different kinds of eating disorders. Know how eating disorders are damaging psychologically, physically, and emotionally. Know that eating disorders can affect anyone, anywhere, at any time. Deconstruct the image in your head that eating disorders only affect white, thin, affluent, abled young women, as this dominant narrative may prevent necessary diagnosis and treatment of others who don't fit into these rigid categories. Also, educate yourself on diet culture. Recognize it, resist it, fight against it. This might be our best way to prevent disordered eating. Most of this podcast posits advice on how to heal yourself, because many of our listeners are eating disorder survivors. Yet it is no less valid or less good for you to lean on others. In fact, it is oftentimes necessary. You don't have to be the only person responsible for your healing. Because eating disorders thrive in solitude and silence, external support can be all that much more imperative in the life of one in recovery. Here are several tips that helped me both as a survivor and as an ally. Number one, affirm, affirm, affirm. When you're talking with someone who's dealing with an eating disorder, it is important to affirm frustrations, sadnesses, angers, any type of emotion. Try and foreground the individual and their emotions as immediately valid and worthy of being told. Believe them, despite whether or not you have witnessed disordered behavior or suspected anything. They should not feel the need to prove that they have had an eating disorder or currently struggle. If they feel the need to prove, the eating disorder wins. Validate their eating disorder, whether or not it is formally recognized in the DSM-5. Your job as a friend and ally is to legitimize their suffering while also offering a support system. Know that your loved one talks about their ED on their terms. You are there to listen if they need it. Not to prod, not to force, not to coerce. Try and avoid accusations. 
Eating disorders are not a choice, and this fact is central in ED allyship. Accusatory language may also feel like a threat and cause your loved one to recede further into their shell, which obviously can be detrimental in the long term for their chances at a successful recovery. By affirming the person is worthy of help, you work to reduce the stigma surrounding mental illness, which is necessary work. Consider sending resources that may help when you feel you can no longer anymore. Consider sending resources that you think would help when you feel you can no longer anymore or can't provide the level of care that they need. Number two. State that what the other person looks like has no bearing on your friendship or your want to offer care. You care about them as a person, not as a body. You love them, not their body. Don't replace the person with the sickness, even if it is visible on their body. And try and ditch body-related compliments. Admire their internal qualities and avoid their external qualities. Even the phrase, you look so healthy, can be triggering. So avoid that if possible. Number three. Show, don't tell. This person is going to seek to redefine their relationship with their body during recovery. And you could be a really healthy example of that. Talk positively about food, about your body, about weight change. These are indirect actions they can observe unconsciously or consciously. Try not to normalize unhealthy behavior and try to rise above these disordered patterns that diet culture teaches us. Give them alternatives, new routines, new behaviors that they can try and adopt. This method, in my opinion, is better than policing that person's intake or exercise, especially if you are not qualified to do so. You are not there to regulate. You are there to show compassion and understanding. Otherwise, shame and isolation can manifest, which is detrimental to recovery. Refrain from talking about their food or their body at all. Even positivity can be misconstrued by an eating disorder-ridden brain. Be a positive example of body self-dialogue and food liberty as much as you feel comfortable doing so. And don't give unsolicited advice, especially when you are not in a position to do so and because it could be triggering. Number four. Affirm that they are sick enough to be deserving of an eating disorder and of treatment. This thought is a common pattern considering the competitiveness of the disorder, yet can, for obvious reasons, be very harmful. Often engaging in competition and comparison worsens the ED. Dissuade any hierarchy of disordered behavior or eating disorders, as this is a trope to avoid treatment. Affirm to them that it doesn't matter what eating disorder they have, what behaviors they have, or how much their weight has changed. They are, no matter what, entitled to healing and a life not dictated by their body image. 
Number five, repeat it until they believe it. Remind them that as much as it is imperative that they fight for themselves, you are willing to join in on the fight. Your role as eating disorder ally might be to replace the eating disorder voice. So your voice carries heightened significance. Encourage the individual to, instead of leaning on the eating disorder brain, which is familiar, comforting, and predictable, to lean on you instead. Number six, check in often. Offer to eat meals with them or support them when they are reintegrating fear foods into their diet. Gentleness is important. So don't push too much because that can also be threatening. Ask them what they need. You will not be able to help unless you are asked in a specific way. So have them tell you what they need at that moment. Number seven. Most importantly, protect yourself. Your loved one's complete healing is not your responsibility. And you can only do as much as your friend asks for. Do what you can. But never sacrifice your own mental stability to fight an eating disorder. You will lose that battle. Your story matters as well as a recovery ally. So consider sharing insights from healing a friend or loved one if you are comfortable. Because this may help others who are learning how to support their own. If you would like to learn more about what sources I used in the discussion of eating disorder allyship, my citations will be placed in the show notes. Let's celebrate the end of season two of HTIL together. This has been a thrilling journey for me, and I'm so appreciative of everyone's support throughout the past 25 episodes. I hope everyone has an incredibly restful, restorative, and peaceful summer and I hope to see you sometime very soon. All new episodes of HTIO will be uploaded to Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts by 11.59 p.m. each Sunday night if you miss the live broadcast. Feel free to return to old episodes by visiting these sites. If you would like to listen to my own ED story, you can listen on any of these platforms. Please consider sharing the podcast with family, friends, or those who you feel could specifically benefit. If you or someone you love might be struggling with an eating disorder, know that you have my full support in recovery and consider seeking treatment. If you feel treatment may be inaccessible to you, please consider seeking support through Project Heal, which is the largest nonprofit in the United States, delivering prevention, treatment financing, and recovery support for those struggling with eating disorders. Disordered eating has ruled my life for nearly six years, and I didn't think anything would ever be able to come in between that. Treatment did and treatment does. If you are in a crisis situation, please contact NEDA's helpline by texting NEDA to 741741. HTL has its very own Instagram and Twitter accounts, so if you would like to interact with the podcast further or suggest your own episode topic, please feel free to follow on Instagram at Heavier Than I Look and Twitter at HTL Podcast. If you are interested in sharing your own story as a feature on the show, please direct message me on Instagram or Twitter. Don't be afraid to reach out. I would love to hear from you. 
My podcast, Heavier Than I Look, aims to empower survivors, educate listeners, and foster conversations surrounding eating disorders and body dysmorphia. EDs demand silence, yet this podcast is an attempt to de-isolate and destigmatize a survivor's experience by giving a voice to each story. We must abandon a quantitative numerical definition of identity and reclaim our self-definition to exist beyond the numbers that rule our lives. In this way, HJL is a space of healing, recovery, and storytelling. Let us no longer wonder how little space we can comprise, but instead wonder how to make that space one filled with love and sympathy. Goodbye for now.